Welcome to From Realms of Glory, a Christmas audio series tracing promises about the coming of the Messiah until his arrival in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm Dr. J.J. Routley, Professor of Bible and Theology at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. It's December 2nd, and for the second installment of our Christmas podcast, we're going to be looking at the covenant that God made with one of Adam and Eve's descendants, a man named Abraham. Or rather, at that time, his name was Abram. But let me back up because there's a lot of historical and theological distance between Genesis 3 and Genesis 12. If you recall yesterday, we discussed the original creation of mankind, the first sin in the Garden of Eden, and the first gospel as God promised that a child of the woman would one day crush the head of the serpent. Nevertheless, Adam and Eve were driven from the paradise of Eden into the fallen world. Outside of Eden, sin reigned. Its rule was evidenced in the lives of the immediate children of Adam and Eve, Cain and his brother Abel. Cain's brutal murder of righteous Abel shows how far the curse of sin can distort humanity, causing even a brother to hate his own kin enough to take his life. The effects of sin continued to corrupt the ancient world. With the passing of generations, by the time of Noah, the Lord could see that every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. The Lord sent a flood to wipe out humanity and start again with the family of Noah who had found favor in the eyes of the Lord and was called a righteous man, blameless in his generation, and one who walked with God. The Lord preserved the human race through Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives, while all other human beings were killed in the floodwaters at that time. The wrath of God came swiftly and certainly upon the unrighteous, but upon those who were faithful, God demonstrated his mercy. After the flood, God told the people to disperse and fill up the earth and rule over it, the same command he had given to Adam and Eve. Instead of listening to God, the people huddled together and started working on a waterproof fortress, the city and tower at Babel. In another act of mercy, God confused the tongues of the people at Babel in order to prevent them from uniting in their disobedience and defiance in open rebellion against God. Since they would not listen when he said to spread out and fill the earth, God's actions at Babel forced humanity in the direction that he providentially desired them to go. After this event, the next scene in the early chapters of Genesis begins with the curtain being lifted on a man named Abram. Abram was formerly a resident of southern Mesopotamia, specifically the metropolitan center of Ur. Scripture later tells us that in Ur, Abram, Nahor his brother, and Terah his father worshipped other gods. At some point, Terah decided to move his family from Ur across the Fertile Crescent to the north and west to the city of Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, who was unable to have children. It was at Haran that God appeared to Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 12, 
1 through 3. Abram did not approach God. God approached Abram. God initiated the relationship here. God, out of his sovereign delight and good pleasure, extended first a command followed by an unconditional promise to Abram. The command was that Abram should leave Haran and his father's household and travel to the place that God would reveal. The promises God made to Abram involved making the man into a nation, blessing him, making him a great name, protecting him, and ultimately using Abram to bring blessing to all the earth. The Lord promised to make Abram into a great nation. This must have sounded incredible to the man. As verse 4 here tells us, he was already 75 years old when he left Haran. The author of the Hebrews says Abram was as good as dead when it came to his natural ability to produce offspring. And don't forget that the womb of Sarai, his wife, was just as dead. When God told Abram he would make him into a great nation, he was promising life from two persons as good as dead. For the Lord to promise to make Abram's name great would have been akin to promising social security. Everyone in the ancient world wanted a name, a reputation that would endure beyond their lifetimes. The popular thought of the day was that the renown of a name would continue your influence and legacy beyond your physical life and so ensure a kind of material, eternal existence. God promises Abram that he would make his name great, and in so doing promised him the continuation of his line and ancestry after him. But it is in the last of these promises that we catch another view of the Christmas storyline. In the promise that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, God was hinting at the way he would use Abram to bring glory to his own name through the master plan of redemption. For from Abram's descendants would come a king who would deliver the human race from sin. The child promised to Eve to crush the head of the serpent would be one of Abram's offspring. Through his sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary, the serpent would be forever defeated, opening the door to all the peoples of the earth to receive forgiveness from their sins and salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, all the families of the earth are and will one day ultimately be blessed through faith in him. Thank you for joining us for this episode of From Realms of Glory, a Christmas podcast. For more information about Emmaus Bible College, please visit Emmaus.edu. Join us again tomorrow as we continue to examine the promises God made to Abraham of land, seed, and blessing.